0: We're continuing in our uh, study of Ephesians. So this week we're going to be in Ephesians 6. We're going to be doing it verses 18 through 20. So if you guys want to go ahead and open up your Bibles to that. Everything will also be up on the screens. So it'll be easy for you to follow along if you do not have a Bible with you. Um, so my question right out of the gate this morning is, how many of you here like to ask for help? Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, I work in the IT field. And um, one of the things that's great about where I work is I've got a group of guys around me. And having a group of guys around me in the IT field is fantastic because you can bounce, you can bounce things off other people. And you can troubleshoot problems. And it's, very, it's a very great part of the troubleshooting process when it comes to technology and computers and things like that. But it's still, even though I have that resource, it's still incredibly hard for me to ask for help. Like, I want, I just want to know how to do everything. Um, it's, definitely a, it's definitely a smack on my pride when I have to ask f- for help for something. And when I have to, when I have to realize that I'm, I don't know everything. And so this morning, this is kind of what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about prayer and Honestly, prayer is the biggest ask for help that there possibly can be. And more specifically, we're going to try to cover, I'm going to try to cover three topics for those of you taking notes. Uh, The three topics, or three points I'm going to cover are, one, prayer is a necessary part of our lives. We cannot live the lives Paul is calling us to live throughout the book of Ephesians without God. We need God. Secondly, once our relationship with God is solid, our earthly relationships are then restored. This then leads to unity and growth in the church. And lastly, unity and growth in the church then leads to the spread of the gospel, regardless of opposition. So first, let's read the verses together like we always do and uh, then we'll get into it. Now, it's only three verses this morning, so it should be super simple. All right, ready? One, two, three. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So let's look first at verse 18. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. The first thing that I want to make abundantly clear this morning is, that, is our dependence on God. If we look back at the previous verses... From last week's message that Dale preached through the armor of God, um, the idea of putting on, taking up, and receiving God's armor all require an attitude of dependence. We can't live the Christian life that we're being asked to live by God under our own power. We need God. Even, even prayer itself is dependent on God. We, listen, I want you to, I'm going to read two verses to you. We have access to God only through the finished work of Christ. Paul says earlier in Ephesians 3, 11 and 12, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness, boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So we have access to God only through the finished work of Christ, and God hears and responds to us only through the continuous work of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts Knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So, this prayer for strength from God that we see here can be seen as a major way in which we appro- appropriate this divine armor that Paul is talking about. However, our prayers should not be limited to just certain times, such as spiritual warfare. I think it's important to make clear here that we should not limit our prayers to just those of supplication and asking God to then fulfill our needs. I believe that all prayer, whether it be prayers of praise, thanksgiving, supplication, or even confession, is evidence of a heart dependent on God. Even though we aren't asking God for things, in these times of prayer when we're praising Him, for example, or when we're confessing a sin, we are still acknowledging him in those prayers for who he is. And those prayers in and of themselves reveal our dependency on him and our trust in him just as much as when we're asking him to fulfill our needs. Amen? Amen. All right. In fact, Paul has made it clear throughout his letter to the Ephesians that that prayer plays an undeniable role in the life of the believer. He began the letter with a prayer of blessing and praise. He followed that with a prayer of supplication that the Ephesians might know the greatness of God's power in Christ. He then encourages the believer to give thanks always. And now here he is instructing us to pray for ourselves and for others. But Paul's emphasis on prayer is not just found in Ephesians. Let's take a look at some other verses. Philippians 4.6 don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Colossians 1.3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. 2 Thessalonians 1.11, to this end we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good in every work of faith by his power. Notice that in all of these verses, Paul emphasizes praying always, and in everything. Similarly to how an earthly relationship is maintained through communication, our relationship with God must be maintained in the same way. Dale spoke last week about the importance of reading the Bible regularly. Do you remember that? Okay. So the Bible is how God speaks to us, okay? I hopefully am now making it clear that the way that we need to speak to God is through prayer, okay? Think about about earthly relationships for a minute. When's the last time that you had a solid earthly relationship with someone where you just never talked? Communication is vital and it's no different with God. There's no, pray, there's no denying the prayer plays a vital role in the life of every believer. So Paul says, Paul says here, not only do we need to be praying always, but we need to be staying alert. The, this idea of staying alert in verse 18 reminds me a lot of Jesus's command to Peter in Mark 14, verse 38. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. While the, previous chap, while the previous verses in chapter six put emphasis on God's provision and resources, now there seems to be a stress from Paul on the need for effort and self-discipline on the part of the believer. And this is in order to avoid spiritual complacency and fatigue. And we do that by pursuing a life of prayer. I really wholeheartedly think, for those of you that don't know, um, I lead the prayer team here at Church on the Way. I've been doing this for several years now faithfully. And um, prayer is hard. Prayer is a very challenging part of the Christian life. Um, And I still struggle with it every single day of my life. And I believe that the reason why prayer is so hard for us is because we were created to be dependent. Like God designed us and created us and made us into dependent beings. As as much as we want to believe the lies of the enemy and we want to say, oh, I can get out there and do that myself, we really can't. And prayer is the number one way, at least in my opinion, that we show our dependence on God. And anything that can distract us or discourage us from praying, Satan's going to use to his advantage. We have to stay alert, church. We have to stay connected. At the end of verse 18, Paul reminds the reader of what should be one of the main subjects of our consistent prayer life, and that is other believers. See, one of the things that sin does is that it divides us. It isolates us. It makes us forget that we are a part of something bigger. We belong to something bigger. Paul knows the importance of maintaining unity and brings it up several times earlier in his letter. In Ephesians 1, verse 15, he says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. Ephesians 3, verses 17 and 18, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. So it is vital that we pray for fellow believers, not just in this room, but all over the world. Mm -hmm. This is what we do in the prayer room back there on Sunday mornings before church um, uh, faithfully every Sunday. We pray not only for this body, and what's happening here on Sunday mornings and in our living rooms throughout the week, but we're also praying for our brothers and sisters across Lake City, across the state, across this country, and across the world. Now, remembering fellow believers in prayer not only helps you, but it obviously also helps those you are praying for. We need to consistently and constantly be praying against division, and when division does occur, we need to pray for restoration. There was Dale made a huge emphasis as we were putting on the armor of God last week. He made a huge emphasis on this idea of unity. And Paul encouraging the church to pick up all this armor for what purpose? To unify the body and to keep the body, to keep the body unified. And prayer is just another way that we do that. Um, it's like we need to remember that we are all in this together. This, this is the point of the church. the church. The church is meant to lean on one another. The church is meant to rely on one another. And so that's, why, that's what we're here for um, in that regard. So moving on to verses 19 and 20, Paul says, And also for me, that words may be given to me, and opening my mouth boldly, to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So, notice how Paul, notice now how Paul asks the reader not only to pray for fellow believers, but he also asks for prayer himself specifically. I I want to take a look at his personal prayer request here because I think we can learn a couple of things from it that will be hugely beneficial to us in our own spiritual lives. One is ask people to pray for you. But like guys, Paul, Paul is an apostle of Christ. He met Christ. Well, no, he didn't meet Christ. He met, he had a, a uh, spiritual interaction on the road to Damascus that changed his life forever. Okay, he's an apostle of Christ. He wrote 13 books of the New Testament. And he is humble enough to ask for a prayer from the local churches if he can do it we can do it right yeah okay a great example of paul's the great example of paul's humble heart when it comes to prayer requests is if you look at romans 15 in verses 30 through 32 he says i appeal to you brothers by our lord jesus christ and by the love of the spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to god on my behalf that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. So there's a very specific pray for me, please, prayer request. And two, secondly, pray for things bigger than yourself. Paul asks the Ephesians here to pray that he might continue to be a mouthpiece for the spread of the gospel. One of the things that I struggle with the most in my prayer life is getting lost in my own mind. I will start praying and then I'll start thinking about the Gators football game or I'll start thinking about work or I'll, you know, it's like I go a million different places but where I need to be. The other thing that happens is I'll start praying and I'll get real deep, you know, like I'm I'm feeling it. And next thing I know, I'm just being nailed with all these all these temptations to believe all these lies about myself that I'm not good enough or I can't I I shouldn't be praying this and I don't have the right to be praying this or when I was preparing this sermon for you guys, like I get I kept I was getting told all this week I don't have the right to be up on this stage. And you know, and and you get you get when you're when you're thinking about yourself and yourself only, you get bogged down in your own mind. One of the things that one of the things that's helped me considerably as I've learned more and more about prayer and, and learning how to be a more consistent prayer warrior as people call them, is pray for other people. Pray pray for things bigger than yourself because if you're not focused on yourself and you're focused on your neighbor who is struggling with cancer or struggling with a spiritual situation or whatever, you don't know what's going on in his spiritual life. So all you can pray for is what he's asked you to pray for. And that helps you stay real focused it, it doesn't allow your mind to wander to a million different places and get caught up in a million different lies. And it's rewarding in that when you pray, God answers prayer. He does. And you will see those answers come to fruition. And then that only encourages you to pray more and more and more and more. So, so I, I, would, I would encourage you, secondly, again, like pray for, pray for things bigger than yourself. Um, I want you to notice something. I want you to notice something here in verse 20. Paul describes himself as ambassador in chains. So this is a three-word description that he uses here in this text. But it's a very powerful description in three words. So we know from Luke's account in the book of Acts that Paul was put into prison as a result of his ministry. So it is very possible that as he was writing this letter to the Ephesians, he was locked up. So the chains that he's talking about are real. His opportunity to share the gospel would come only when he was brought before the council. So they would let him out. They would bring him out basically to court. They would ask him a bunch of questions. And then they would just throw him back in jail because they didn't like his answers. But that was his, that was his chance to share the gospel. Okay? So... Think about his situation here and compare it to your own. Paul could, in this, in this verse, Paul could have asked the Ephesian church to pray for his release. But he didn't. He asked them to pray for something bigger than himself. He asked them to pray for the spread of the gospel. Would you pray the same as Paul? Paul? Small group leaders, I'm just I'm just giving you questions this morning. Just... <laughs> All right. Paul also understands that the gospel is very much a mystery to the unbeliever. Making known the making known that mystery is not purely a human effort, but it relies on God's grace. This is another reason why Paul asks for prayer. It shows that he is dependent on God not only for the revelation of the mystery but also for its proclamation. When we approach the unbeliever with the mystery of the gospel, whether corporately here on Sunday mornings or with a coworker over lunch during the week, we should do so in prayer. Why? Because it is not us who saves. Notice notice also Paul's use of the word bold in these verses. The realization of our dependence on God for the spread of the gospel should lead us to proclaim it boldly no matter our circumstances. Why? Because we have nothing church we have nothing to lose. Paul understood that it was God who saves and his identity was confidently in Christ's finished work. Remember from Ephesians 1 Christ is seated he's done. Do we have that same boldness in our presentations of the gospel? If not, are we asking others to pray for us as we live out the gospels, as we live out the gospel in front of our communities? I want to share one more quick thing before we move on to the application this morning. OK? I found it interesting the way that Paul describes himself as an ambassador in chains. In the time of Paul and his writings, an ambassador would have had diplomatic immunity. Mm -hmm. Now, for those of you that don't understand what diplomatic immunity is, it basically means that you are high enough up on the government food chain that if you get sent to someone to be put into bondage or slavery, they can't, they can't incarcerate you because you have immunity. Mm -hmm. So by Paul, by Paul describing himself in these three simple words, ambassador in chains, okay, he, for the reader, he's creating an oxymoron. But at the same time, he's painting this beautiful picture of the gospel. Because here's Paul in jail when he doesn't deserve to be in jail. He's taking a punishment that he doesn't deserve for the sake of the church. Mm-hmm. Who else do we know that did that? Jesus. Jesus. He's, he is showing Christ's willingness to take punishment that he didn't deserve by replicating it in his own life. For the sake of the church. Found that really interesting. And a, just a great small, like, you, it's one of those things you just read over and it's just, like, doesn't even phase you until you read the commentary on it. And you're like, oh, man, that's great. All right. So, application. So how do we apply these three short verses to our own lives? First, I think we need to take a look back at all the things Paul has talked to us about through his letter, throughout his letter to the Ephesians. It's a long list. You guys ready? Maintaining the unity of the spirit, attaining to maturity and building up the body of Christ in the face of false teaching, living lives of righteousness, holiness, and truth, dealing with anger, cultivating... Edifying talk, loving others, valuing words of conduct conduct that are free from sexual impurity, worshiping and giving thanks, submitting and loving in and through marriage, obeying and avoiding provocation in child-parent relationships, obeying and abstaining from threatening in slave-master relationships. And finally, putting on the full armor of God. So, hearing this list should make it pretty clear to us that the lives that we are called to live are are countercultural. They're pretty paradoxical, and most importantly, they are impossible apart from God. Church there is one thing I can stress this morning more than anything else is that we need God. We are dependent on God and we must seek God out in prayer always. As the disciples failed to do in the Garden of Gethsemane, back my my reference to Mark 14 earlier, we must stay awake and alert. My challenge to you this morning is this are you doing all of these things? This list I just read. You got all these boxes checked. Okay. From his his book, Spiritual Wakefulness, Evald Lovestam says, for the one who fails to keep awake, for the one who fails to keep awake, but is entangled and absorbed in this world and age, this becomes hindering and devastating for the prayer life. Let me read that again. For the one who fails to keep awake, but is entangled and absorbed in this world and age, this becomes hindering and devastating to the prayer life. If you are struggling this morning, church, start praying And don't stop. If you think your prayers don't make any sense and you aren't even sure where to begin, let me remind you again of Romans 8, 26 and 27 and encourage you to commit it to memory. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. As I was standing back there getting ready to come out here and preach, another thing popped in my head for this section. And I don't have the reference, so I apologize. But... There's, there's a text, I believe it's in Romans, I could be wrong, but there's a text in the New Testament where the author is talking about Jesus, now that he is seated at the right hand of God, is interceding on our behalf. So I want, I want to paint this picture for you guys. Those of you struggling to pray this morning, those of you that are concerned that you're, you're getting to the ceiling and it's just stopping, not only is the Holy Spirit interceding with, for you on your behalf with groaning too deep for words, but Jesus, who has finished his work and is seated at the right hand of God, is doing the same thing. Like you have two people, you have two parts of the Trinity working on your behalf to get your requests and your prayers and your groans and your cries and your pleas. To God. That should encourage you. So start praying. No matter what is rolling around in your head, God knows your heart and the spirit is interceding on your behalf. Don't be discouraged. Start praying. Keep praying and don't stop. My second point of application is this. We must be known to be prayed for. I'm going to repeat that. We must be known to be prayed for. Now, what I am not saying is that we shouldn't pray for strangers. We absolutely should pray for strangers. What I am trying to say is that if the people around us that we are in community with like say here in this room, really knew who we were. The good, the bad, and the ugly. They're going to be able to read us as soon as we walk into the room. And on the flip side of that, if we are willing to love people, and pray for people, we are going to be able to pray with them and for them that much more effectively. So my challenge to you this morning is what is keeping you from being known? What is holding you back? Will you share this week with someone whether it be in this room or maybe even a small group or a dna what that thing is and let people start praying for you and ask people to start praying for you so for those of you that don't know i have i have epilepsy i got diagnosed as adult onset i got diagnosed in 2012 so I'm in it 10 years now, I think. Um, and for the longest time, I never asked anyone to pray for me. And I never told anyone how much I was struggling with it emotionally and mentally because I, I sit in that room back there on Sunday mornings, and I listen to people with more debilitating issues than I have, and there's more pressing things going on in the world, and it's like I just I just kept telling myself that I could handle it and um, and one thing that's really I've really learned probably in the last six months or so in the last, well, yeah, six months to a year um, is that I can't handle it. And so I've finally started to ask people to pray for me. um, And with that, so that's like, that's just an example of what I'm talking about. Um, So my last point of application this morning is this. So Paul was in prison and his priority was not himself and his own well-being, but the furthering of the gospel and the growth of the church. Okay? So I think Paul describing himself, again, as an ambassador in chains gives us the realistic perspective on Christian existence in a fallen world. Our assignment as believers Is not meant to be effortless and trouble free. So, third challenge this morning. How much opposition are you facing in your daily life? How much kickback are you getting from a culture that is so far removed from the gospel? Could this lack of opposition in your life mean that you are falling into the crowd rather than setting yourself apart and boldly proclaiming the mystery of the gospel as Paul was so eager to do in Ephesians? Church, in closing this morning, I want to challenge you to make your personal opinions and ideals less important than the unity of of the local church and the growth of the gospel in this fallen world. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to come up here and share these sh- short verses, but but meaty verses, God. And we're so grateful for your word and just the impact that it has on our lives and on our hearts, God. And I pray that every single person in this room this morning that they would leave here changed by it god that they would see their need for you god and i pray that if there is a person in this room that is struggling right now to pray god that they would reach out this week and not only start praying but you know start conversating with other believers and and sharing burdens and helping getting help to 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 learn and, and grow and mature in their prayer life, God, because prayer you know, just sustains us and helps us so much. And we pray that every single person in this room, God, that they would be in your word and they would be on their knees praying and, and speaking with you regularly. God, we are so grateful for everything that you do for us and everything that you will continue to do for us faithfully. And uh, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.